0: A graphic novel, a TV show Well, it's not TV, it's HBO And will this thing succeed? And by how much, man? And some might cheer and some might scoff
1: Because it's Damon Lindelof But either way, we're off to watch some Watchmen
0: Watching Watchmen, Talking Watchmen, Analyzing Watchmen,
1: Maybe Arguing Over Watchmen. Who watches Watchmen? You watch Watchmen, and we watched Watchmen last week, and we all watched it, and now you gotta watch it, because I'm coming for you, buddy. Watch it! I'm Alex. <laughs> I'm Pete. And this is Watchmen Watch. This is our bonus podcast, following up bonus. on Little Fear of Lightning. And um. we've got a guest with us again Ooh. this week. Very excited. One of our favorite guys to have on our live show. He's an yeah. editor at Marvel Comics, working on the X-Men line of comics. Uh, Jordan D. White, thanks so much for being here. Ooh-hoo. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having Jordan me. Jordan D.Y. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Uh, so you do edit X-Men comics, and that's do. fine and good. But sure. I also know that you're a huge fan of Watchmen, the comic book. Oh, yeah. And I think, I don't remember the exact timing on this, but I think you came on the live show right before it debuted, and you were a little nervous, right? Oh, sure. Uh, I... I hate
2: the Watchmen movie more than <laughs> yeah. almost any movie that ever exists. Wow. Like, I hate it. Wow. I hate it so much. So I was very nervous. I, I I I love Watchmen. Obviously, it's my favorite comic. I love it so much. It's an amazing work. It's I could talk about it for 50,000 billion years, um, wow. and mostly it would be compliments. But um, I hate the movie so much. I refuse to read a single page of before Watchmen. Wow. Um, I did Heart break take. down and read uh, Doomsday Clock. Mm. It's it's okay. It's all right. There's some good parts and there's some other parts mm-hmm. that I think are dumb. Um, so, But I was like, all right, I'll give this a shot. I'll give this a shot. Uh, and, you know, the thing that convinced me to give it a shot m- most was uh, Damon Lindelof's uh, like manifesto he wrote about it like a year ago mm-hmm. or whatever. Oh wow! Where he talked about why he took it, even though he thought it was a bad idea to make a Watchmen show. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
2: and I was like, okay, I'm I agree with him, and he's right. They're gonna make it anyway, so maybe he can. I'll give him a shot. And I was very nervous. I was very nervous to watch the show.
1: So then, tell me, what are your thoughts so far at this point? Where past the fifth episode, about to enter the sixth episode. Are you into the show, or are you still trepidatious about it? How, where, where are you right now?
2: I'm super into it. Really? Yeah. I, I, I am shocked. I, the first episode I, I finished, and I was like, all right. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. I don't want to say I like it, but I don't dislike it. And then every episode I've, I've liked it more, and I've been like, I'm, I think at this point I, I'm fully willing to say I really like it. That's not to say they can't blow it. <laughs> they've got four more episodes. Oh, but they, they have been going, uh, they've kind of eschewed all of the easy, terrible things that they could do and went I at shoot. it what I thought, think is a really thoughtful way and a clever way and a skillful way. And uh, yeah, I thought every episode was terrific.
1: Yeah, is there a particular aspect of the show right now, a character or an idea, or as a big Watchmen fan, some sort of Easter eggy type thing that keeps drawing you back in, or is it the whole package? Honestly, it's
0: the whole package. Mm-hmm. So, um, Jordan, I just want to real quick, mm-hmm.
1: uh,
0: hot, real issue that a lot of people are, are like either really about or kind of like a very really cold on. Lube man, where do you stand on that? <laughs> because for me, that that took this show from great to just beyond excellence. Like seriously, I'm, I'm Peter, obsessed. That was I, the I thing. was really hoping when the. Uh, mirror guy was watching the porn the Lube man would slide by I don't know if we're going to get him again But I can't of the wait porn?
1: The porn lube It situation? wasn't is porn that... Okay, hold on This is a little bit of a sidebar I want to throw there Because I saw a lot of people tweeting about this No, it wasn't porn That was AHS Yeah, it was American Horror Story It hero was story. a scene of Hero, hero hooded... Story What? Hero Story Oh, yeah, sorry uh, thank you. American Hero Story. Uh, Hooded Justice and Captain Metropolis uh, sleeping together. It was an extrapolation of something from Under the Hood by mm-hmm. Hollis Mason back in the comic. It wasn't porn, Pete. It wasn't porn, no. the internet. It was a tasteful depiction of two men in love.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, oh Wait, that's hold on. what that was?
1: Uh, maybe <laughs> I, also I, not that. Yeah, okay. I was going to say. Because again, <laughs> yeah. One it's person their version seemed of American more into story. it than the other person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Opinions on Lube Man, opinions on the show as um, a whole.
2: Lube Man, honestly, no, Lube Man was great too. I, <laughs> I, uh, yes, yeah. He, he, he was ridiculous and crazy and what? He was yeah. one of those what moments that yeah. they pull off really well. Yeah. Um, one of the things I, okay, one of the things I, I don't like about Doomsday Clock is that, uh, and I, I'm assuming that you've told everyone on listening what Doomsday Clock is a million times by well, now.
1: Well, we we talked about the, uh, some of the other stuff a little bit, but just in case this is your first okay. time, because I know some people do listen who aren't 100% familiar with the comics. There is a sequel in DC Comics that's actually running right now. They have one issue to go where it brings the Watchmen characters into the DC universe and has them interact. So like... Watchmen, the TV show, it's a sequel, but they're unrelated in terms of their story.
2: Right, right. It's a different sequel, and it goes a very, very different direction. Mm-hmm. And one of the things about the direction they go that I think is is not as good as the way the show went is that I often feel like Doomsday Clock, rather than a, 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 a merging of the world of the, of the book Watchmen— and the DC universe, it's really a merging of the comic Watchmen and the DC universe, by which I mean mm-hmm. things that are not important in the world of Watchmen, but are important in the physical comic book are super important. Like, for example, the button the, com- the comedian wears, yeah. mm-hmm. obviously hugely important to the comic book, to the product that we all because it's the cover and it's the first image and it's one of the big images. But nobody in Watchmen cares about the button at all. <laughs> right. Like, it doesn't matter on any level. And and they've done that a bunch where it's like, oh, then the, well, the, the Rorschach,
0: picture. Like, didn't Rorschach find the button or like pick it up? Or oh, something? yeah, yeah, totally.
2: But, uh, it, but, but well, it was very casual and it was like, look, he, here's a piece of his costume. He's dead. It wasn't like this is, oh, my God, this is the centerpiece of a cosmic conspiracy. No, it's just sure, sure. there's a button. And I think they just kind of casually leave it on a windowsill at the end. like, and nobody cares. Like it doesn't matter. Um, whereas, like that's a huge thing in in the in the thing because they're interacting with. Like I feel like that story is really much more interacting with Watchmen, kind of in a meta way mm-hmm. uh, about it, its legacy and what it did to comic books and stuff. Which I, I think is a little misguided, but whatever. That's fine. I like meta things a lot of the time. But the show feels a lot more like it's a continuation of the world. Um, it doesn't seem to focus on the small flourishes of the book and kind of goes more for the larger issues and the the larger questions that the book raises, not to answer them the way the movie did, again, poorly, mm. but to <laughs> continue the conversation about them. Uh,
1: so I want to get your feeling on this then, because this is something that we've talked about. Quite a bit on the podcast and haven't necessarily disagreed, but certainly had different feelings about where, to your point, there are a lot of Easter eggy things that are sprinkled throughout the show. Where in the first episode, you have Judd Crawford hanging from a tree and he's only wearing one shoe, like when Rorschach is dragged off in the comic book. Or you do oh, see That's the sm- so,
2: that's so, that's so sp- Such a small detail.
1: Yeah, no, no, I know. But like, (laughs) there's these small little details they throw in, but they're not distracting. They're kind of just there if you want to pick up on them, Mm -hmm. uh, and they make it richer. There was another one, which I found out later, we talked a lot about in the first real conversation that uh, Will Reeves and Angela Abar have in the back of her shop. When he kind of reveals himself to her, there's this blue light that shines there. Uh, and it's the Dr. Manhattan blue. It turns out that really was just Nicole Cassell, the director being like, I think we should bring in some blue light there. This is something that they have (laughs) in the the comic book. It's kind of Dr. Manhattan-esque and it's not supposed to be Dr. Manhattan is creeping in the background or anything. It's just supposed (laughs) to be like in the comic, these recurring visual motifs, which I I think is Mm -hmm. great. But one thing that threw me a little bit and I uh, thought the episode was excellent but in a weird way, personally, my least favorite episode so far was the Laurie Blake episode, just because that was the one that most directly sequelized things. That was the oh, yeah. one that was like Laurie and Dan and Dr. Manhattan and Adrian Vite and all of these things. Uh, did that strike you that way or were you but, fine with it? But for the people who don't know the book, that. That was a big important episode. I was yes, like, again, I like the episode and I like the plot, and we did talk about it then. But I'm curious to get Jordan's feeling on it uh, based sure. on what he just said. I I feel like they, I feel like
2: they earned it mm-hmm. um, because they didn't start with that. I I feel like if the if I feel like the the kind of again the kind of obvious and easy thing to do is the first episode you start the the. the the sequel to Watchmen and you're going, Oh, what happened to Laurie and Dan? Well, let's follow them. And cause they're the, the heroes and, you know, immediately start with, this is a sequel to Watchmen. Um, And I feel like the way that they went about it is to go, we're going to introduce a bunch of seemingly unrelated characters um, and a, a new plot, that clearly is that world because it's it's affected by that uh, the events of the of the of the book. It's got the 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 Rorschach um, imitators, and it's it's takes place in the wake, uh, long after, but in still in the wake of the the massacre uh, that that Veid staged. But it doesn't start as a direct sequel. It starts with Sister Night. It starts with Looking Glass. It starts with this mystery that again seems completely unrelated. And to me, bringing in Laurie in a big way. A few episodes in, I, I, yeah, I felt like they had earned, uh, they had earned our interest in other ways. And then went mm-hmm. okay, guess what? This actually is a sequel to Watchmen. We, we, I know we said it wasn't, and but it kind of is. And here we go. We're going to get into that too.
1: Yeah. Uh, I would be remiss not to ask you this. Uh, There's been obviously a lot of discussions about artist rights, and I'm sure you have a very... Oh, no. (laughs) Sorry. Well, I'm curious to get your take on it, particularly because you are an editor who regularly works with writers and artists at a big comic comedy. Sure. You are a fan of Alan Moore, and... I don't want to get too much. We're taping this on Monday when people are freaking out about an interview that he did back in 2016 about comic book movies and whatever. I think it's his birthday or something. Yeah, it was uh, happy birthday, Alan Moore. Everybody's very angry at you. Uh, (laughs) um, But there's always going to be a discussion about Artists' Right because of what happened back in the day. What is your take on that as that impacts the show at the current time? That's a great
2: question. I mean uh so obviously um I you know I love Alan Moore's work. I I think he's I mean, I think he's literally a genius. And I know a lot of people I, I don't say this to be like a hipster about like I still like him, but like I do still <laughs> like him. Like when he I, I bought the 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 recent uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen series. I thought it was great. Um like I like his later stuff. I like Neonomicon is Wow is amazing. Uh, uh, its follow-up, um, Providence. I, I loved every issue of. I think he is still a genius and brilliant. And when I first started, um, when when DC first started capitalizing on Watchmen in a major way, I definitely was uh, a little bit like, oh, you know, they. You know, they screwed Alan Moore over. And obviously none of us know the real details. We've all heard bits and pieces of what what happened and why and, you know, what reportedly his contract said and didn't say. And none of us know the truth about that, really. I mean, somebody at DC knows and Alan Moore presumably knows. But, but I was aggravated about that. And I was like, well, they shouldn't do that because of him and this and that and the other thing. But that being said he kind of forced me to to not feel that way anymore because he went so much further because it, he didn't keep going with, I, you know, I think they shouldn't because blah, blah, blah. He now is in a place where he's like, I think the work sucks and I wish no one was able to read it ever again. And I'm like, all right, well, I can't be on your side anymore because I want to read it ever again. And I want lots of other people to read it. So, um, I you know do I think that creators deserve rights for the things they 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 created of course that that is a huge issue in the industry I do think that the many um problems that have been had about it in the past are pretty heavily publicized and known so I think for the most part not a 100% but for the most part um most creators nowadays um are a little more aware of what's going on and what the what the limitations of their uh, of their rights are. You know, um, obviously in the past there they didn't know as much what cap- what possibilities there were for something they were creating. Yeah. They didn't envision a world where, I mean, again that was one of the rumored things is that you know supposedly if Watchmen ever goes out of print, then they would get the rights back. Again, I don't know if that's true, but that's supposedly Mm -hmm. true. And that was a huge deal to them because they were like, no comic book has ever been in print continually ever. So obviously we're going to get those rights back. And now that is not the case. And I think nowadays everybody would kind of know, no, that's a possibility. This could make a billion dollars as a movie. (laughs) This could become an HBO TV show. And people kind of go into it going, I have to weigh all that before I, I make the deals in the first place, and I have to make sure I'm getting a good enough deal or whatnot. Um, I hope. I hope that that's true. I hope that people are much more aware of it now and kind of going in with their eyes open.
1: Yeah. I would love a world where DC decides, you know what, we <laughs> are going to give you the rights back. <laughs> Here <laughs> you go. He would, go he would crazy. It. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe he'd be like, you know what, I, I'm going to shave my beard. I'm going to take up surfing. I'm just going to have a good time. You Let's think do that's this. the problem? The beard? Yeah. He's been sitting on a bunch of secret scripts to Watchmen. Uh, Watchmen, Mission Miami. Uh, <laughs> Watchmen, <laughs> Operation Moscow. They're all Police oh, Academy man. parodies, but wow. involving the Watchmen characters. But he, he's been waiting. He's been biding his time. When mm. the rumors,
2: I, 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 like, I'd have to like scour Twitter for this, and I don't want to take the effort but when the rumors first came up that dc was going to make a sequel for watchmen and that it was the thing that eventually became before watchmen um i was again i was at the the height of my my don't ever do anything with watchmen mm-hmm. fervor and i was uh so what i decided to do was that i was like let's all post Uh, on Twitter ideas for sequels to Watchmen every day uh, just to kind of use up all the ideas. (laughs) And I don't really remember any of the things I posted. I kind of wish I did but like I said, I'd have to like search through the depths of Twitter and I don't want to.
1: (laughs) That's not worth anybody's (laughs) time. Let's start to jump forward, uh, talk a little bit about Little Fear of Lightning. Now, Pete uh, was away for the last episode when we recapped it, uh, but I did want to get your feelings, Pete, on the episode as a whole. This is the one that focused on Wade revealed pretty much well, not everything that's going on with the 7th Cavalry, but really Mm. pulled back the veil there in terms of what's been going on behind the scenes. We i wanna I wanna do a little apology. I feel like our bonus episodes are for apologies when we're going quickly on the recap podcast. uh Justin and I got the planet that um that Vite is on completely wrong. We were like, I'm sure he that was Mars in the background there. That's oh, Jupiter. He, I know it was Jupiter. I'm sorry, I was very tired when we were taping um but he <laughs> is in fact on not on Jupiter, but he's on Europa. The moon oh. of Jupiter. Uh, there was an interview, I think it was on Collider with Damon Lindelof, where he confirmed that. And part of the reason was they were thinking is, what, if he was going to be in a prison of some sort, what would be the most difficult prison to put him on? And the idea was, you don't just throw him in a regular prison, he's going to get out of that in a second, but you throw him in space, that's a tough prison for Adrian Veidt to get out of. And he didn't elaborate beyond that, but I thought... That was kind of an interesting little detail. Uh, But with all that set up and uh, Jordan, for you as well, what were your general impressions of the episode? What did you think about it? It was really fun and interesting. um,
2: I've forgotten the name of the actor who plays Looking Glass.
1: Uh, Tim Blake Nelson.
2: Yes, Tim Blake Nelson. He's a great actor, and obviously he's been terrific in the series so far, so it was really awesome to have him get a spotlight uh, and really kind of strut his stuff for a a full episode. The the stuff with the 7th Cavalry is crazy because it made me wonder, like, are they good guys? And that obviously is in heavy quotes because nobody in Watchmen is ever really a good guy, really, completely. But up till now, they've just been you know, awful races who are doing terrible things. And it's like, but they're doing it based on the fact that they know the truth. Like, what is it they're, they're going to do? And is it possible
1: that it's in some way good? I don't know. Mm hmm. There was one theory that I saw online that I thought was kind of interesting was, then we're going to talk about PDpedia in a second, the supplementary mm-hmm. materials that they've been putting online, but there was an article from the New Frontiersman that was posted either last week or the week before, I'm not forgetting, I'm not remembering which one, where it was a pretty racist article and uh, oh, talking yeah. about racist stuff, but they were... The end of the new frontiersman thing said, you know what, we might as well just leave the planet and join Dr. Manhattan on Mars. And the theory that I saw today that I think I don't think it was in Polygon. I'll I'll remember where it is later, Uh, but. The theory was that's what they're trying to do, that they're trying to leave. Like, their plan is to basically take everybody in the 7th Cavalry, everybody who believes like they do, that the government has left them behind, and just leave Earth. To go no. where? I don't know. Maybe Jupiter. Maybe they're going to hang out with all the Phillips and Crookshanks on uh, Europa with But, like,
2: but like, like... I mean, I guess, how do they know he's there and it's survivable there? Like, if we could teleport to another planet, it would still be a huge undertaking to make it habitable.
1: Yeah. Yes. So just to extrapolate beyond that theory, if you think that where Vite is maybe wasn't created by Dr. Manhattan, but was actually created oh. by Lady True, then both of those Ooh. things start to come together This, I I don't want to spoil uh, this other theory, which I think is an interesting theory we've talked about a bit at my day job because it ties into what happens in the sixth episode a bit. But uh, there's, and that's sort of the thing that we've talked about. I'll I'll bring it (laughs) up to the point so that I won't spoil what happens in the sixth episode. Uh, But if the idea of whatever this plan is, is to do what Adrian Veidt did. Adrian Veidt was trying to solve for nuclear annihilation, right? He was trying to come up with a plan that would get the world away from nuclear annihilation. So you could assume that what they're trying to do here, and by they, I mean maybe the 7th Cavalry, maybe Lady True, maybe Will Reeves. We don't know exactly, but whatever this big thing, the squid bomb of this show is, is to solve for racism, because that's the (laughs) existential threat. And one way of solving for racism is to take all the different races and separate them.
2: Right. What? I mean, <laughs> Potentially.
1: I, I don't guess. know. Just to throw that out there. Like if all the white people in the seventh cavalry were like, you know, we're going to leave the planet. We're just going to go. Goodbye. We live on Europa now. That potentially could be seen as a solve for racism. Wow, that, that,
2: that's a that's a song by the Vandals, Master Race oh, in outer it? space, <laughs> where the Nazis all have to leave. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess that's a that's a if okay. I I would say instead of calling it a solve for racism, like, <laughs> because it's not, but but more banishing all racists. Like that's mm-hmm. a slightly more yeah. optimistic way of looking yeah. at it. I guess. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay. That's an interesting one. Um, I, I, this this most recent episode did kind of, I don't want to say disprove, but make incredibly, incredibly unlikely a theory that I had been, uh, subscribing to ever since uh, a coworker told it to me. Um, which was that, uh, that Jeremy Irons was not playing Vite, but rather playing Dr. Manhattan, hmm. uh, which I had really been into that theory. Um, But it seems like it's not true at this point. At this point, it's kind of like, no. It
1: would have to really jump through some hoops for that to be true. I've gotten more convinced, the further we've gotten to the show and the whole Dr. Manhattan of all, I've gotten more convinced that it's just Tom Meissen is playing Dr. Manhattan. And the reason being... Who's who's that? that? Who's that? uh, That's the guy that's currently playing Phillips. So you have Phillips is these clones, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. The the game warden also definitely seems to be Tom Bison in a mask and a mustache, so probably also a Phillips. And the theory here is that if Dr. Manhattan built this enclosure for Adrian Veidt, for whatever reason that we don't know what it is yet, he may have based these two humans on uh, John Osterman and Jenny Slater. Jenny Slater being the woman that John Osterman was in love with before he turned into Dr. Manhattan. So Crookshanks is essentially a bunch of Jenny Slaters. Uh, Phillips is a bunch of John Ostermans. So eventually we will see Dr. Uh, Manhattan, but it'll just also be Tom Bison playing him. It won't be any of the other characters. The one piece of the puzzle that I thought the... Jeremy
2: Irons is Dr. Manhattan. Part of it fit really well, but now just sort of seems like it's an extraneous piece that goes nowhere. Was the part where, uh, because, okay. Because the theory that this coworker, I'm saying, I'm saying this I'm being coy because I don't know if they want me to say that it was their (laughs) idea. Um, The the theory that they had said was that Jeremy Irons You can uh, say
1: Jonathan Hickman, writer of (laughs) (laughs) X-Men. It
2: it was not Jonathan. Okay. It was someone in the office, uh, in the physical Marvel offices. Um, But, they were saying, not, not only is Jeremy Irons actually Dr. Manhattan, but that means, therefore, everybody going, oh, so who's Dr. Manhattan, is is looking for the wrong thing, and that really, Veidt is pretending to be someone else. And there was a mm-hmm. part in one episode where they said that there's rumors that he got plastic surgery to change what he looked like. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, it's definitely true. Like, clearly, it's definitely true now. But... But now that seems to just be a thing they said that means nothing because we just have seen that Jeremy Irons is what he looked like. So, again, they could jump through hoops to say Dr. Manhattan made himself look like him, but probably it just isn't true anymore.
1: Yeah, I think, and this is going to be a crazy thing to say for the show, but I, I'm starting to think it'll ultimately be a pretty straightforward in terms of what happens. Straightforward sure. in terms of the overall craziness of what's happening, but we've had we've been bouncing around theories like maybe Cal Abar is Dr Manhattan maybe Tofer is Dr Manhattan maybe this person or that person is Dr Manhattan um but i think ultimately given the fact that they keep bringing people walking along in the background discussing fan theories about Dr Manhattan in the show i think that's a way of pointing out exactly what they expect we are going to be doing in the real world but ultimately it's going to be mm-hmm. Dr. Manhattan is on Mars at the end, yeah. you know, yeah, that's pretty easy to sort of show up at the end to I- interrupt things in some way, but we'll see. Uh, Pete, before we move on to uh, the rest of this, any thoughts from your end on little fear of lightning?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, just the, I, I feel like it's almost more powerful not having Dr. Manhattan in it. Um, And then, you know, just everything kind of because that's kind of what the phone booth is. You know, you're just reaching out to nothing. Uh, But Mm. I think that like uh, this episode was really kind of uh, heartbreaking because it was like we're watching, you know, uh, you know. Watchmen. Yes, but uh, uh, Mirror Guy, I, I was going to try to use his real name, but then I got completely uh, blanked on it. Uh, but uh, Mirror Guy... I, I think w- you know it's Looking Glass.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're exactly. all Blaking up in here.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I feel like this. we're watching him break. Like, he was a pretty strong character, had his deal, went about it, wasn't shaky about anything. He seemed like a pretty character that was set in their ways and pretty sturdy as far as like some of the characters seem pretty gray and could go either way on things he was kind of like a mainstay and to watch him kind of break in this episode like when he says that to uh, you know, night right in front of the cactus I was yelling, I was like, you fucking asshole You get one video shown And you're just gonna, you know, just Give her up like that? Sister Knight means nothing to you, motherfucker But it's a uh, video that
2: literally calls into question The thing that has haunted him for What is it?
0: 25 years? Thir- yeah. No, 35 years Yeah, 35 but years he's now. known Sister Knight longer You know,
1: like No, 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 no he has, not longer He's known her for three years
0: no, no, but I mean, longer than Laurie just shows up, and then he's just like, "Oh, well, I'll f- sell out my friend who I've been known for
1: for years." That's uh, that's not what it's about. I mean, he sits down to Jordan's point and watches. We only get to see a little blip of that video. There's hours of that video where Adrian Vite is talking yeah, through I'm sure he
0: drones on forever. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Fuck, yes. I oh, so it. your problem is it's a boring video, probably.
0: No, no, I just think that like <laughs> I was just. Surprised because it's mm-hmm. like when someone tells you you're going to see a video that's going to blow your mind. Fine, you can like, yes, that was game changing video completely. But he didn't give it like it was just like cut to the office. Hey, I'm going to sell out my friend, and I was just kind of like I wanted more. But I agree with Jordan though. The actor who's portraying it's unbelievable to watch. And it's very silent stuff. But I also feel bad for the character. It's like, hey, note to self, every time you see an attractive girl, don't follow her. You followed her in <laughs> a thing of mirrors. You followed her in your car. You dumb piece of shit, learn your lesson.
2: Oh, that's so sad.
1: Yeah.
2: We, uh, got, to see, we got to see the squid. We got to see mm-hmm. uh, uh, some uh, top knots. We saw a puppy die yeah, in a trash uh, compactor.
1: Not tops Not tops, tops. sorry Yeah, Uh, yeah, that was great All of that was great The squid was so great uh, So well done And uh, we were talking about this a bit on the last podcast we had Justin But just the idea that a lot of people have actually just seen the movie So they have No, I'm sorry, Jordan, but it's true This is why I hate it Well, but uh, to see this And uh, I also saw a lot of people responding to like They said they couldn't do the squid on screen And then For the movie And of course they did it here And it totally works And that's something I actually want to use To transition into uh, This week's PDPD files There's a bunch of things they put up uh, But the first one Is from Agent PD He continues (laughs) So these files are his official FBI files, but they're mostly reviews of episodes of American Hero Story. Uh, And this one is titled More Infernal Affairs. It's a review of the episode Infernal Affairs that deals with the comedian's assault of uh, Sally Jupiter back in the day, back in the time of the... Oh, my gosh. The bit of men. Um, and he goes in pretty harshly about it. I, I There's not much new information that we necessarily get here, particularly if you've read the book. Uh, you know all of this. You've seen all of this. He talks a lot about how it's lurid and it's leering. I saw a couple of people responding online, and the reason I wanted to bring this up now in reference to the squid in the movie is I think people really want to look into the show, and they're looking for a point when they're going to slam Zack Snyder, and it's not going to happen. They're not doing that. The American Hero Story is very specifically, and Damon Lindelof has been straight up about this, uh, it's a Ryan Murphy parody, not a Zack Snyder parody. And well uh, you disagree?
2: No, I, I mean, even calling it a Ryan Murphy parody is probably yeah. like because the thing people want is they want they want it to like diss mm-hmm. Snyder, um, but I don't think there's. I don't think they're dissing Ryan Murphy at all. No, like, they're not. They're, it's a
1: tribute. Tribute is the right word. Right. Not parody. It's
2: like it's it, it's it's literally. I mean, I, I saw a thing where they were saying they almost got him involved Mm -hmm. like they almost used his actual name um but it didn't work out uh which i think again in keeping with like robert redford and stuff like that it was more like that's what he would actually be doing in that world like that's what steven spielberg would make pale horse instead of schindler's list Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it would be the same artistic impulses it would just be a different film um but but that said did it I'm sure that, listen, I'm sure the answer's no, but reading the thing you're talking about, it, do you, it definitely wasn't, I'm, I'm not going to rewatch the movie is the thing. I'm <laughs> not going to rewatch the movie to see if it was referring to the way it was portrayed in the movie, but
1: is it not? Like, I, I, do you, have you seen it recently? Like, do you know? Well, so I did read some people writing about it, and they were saying that the way that Petey talks about it in terms of the blood and the luridness and everything that's going on, uh, that he finds it a little bit over the top. And certainly they are pretty lurid and over the top in the movie. But frankly, what I took away from this document is I felt like it was a modern person looking at that scene in the comic book. Because Yeah, because
2: we do see it reflected in the mirror mm-hmm. in the comic book specifically. So that's
1: directly from... I'm looking
2: at the comic on my phone
1: right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, there's a description in the file where PD talks about they have them upside down and one of Moloch's seeing glasses. Moloch was one of the villains that the Minutemen faced back in the day. And I don't know if that image is exactly in there, though. You do see it through Moloch's glass. I think... This is exactly what we talked about on the podcast here when we were, yeah, there we go. Uh, When (laughs) we were, uh, when we were reviewing this issue, when we were recapping and going back and looking at this issue is you look at it very differently from a 2019 perspective than you would have from a 1985 perspective. And it is a little lurid. It is a little over the top. It does undervalue the way that the female characters are treated, uh, and I think that's what they're responding to. They're not the Zack Snyder of it all at all, personally. Yeah,
0: I kind of wish they would have skipped it. You know what I mean? Like I,
1: you know, wait, what are you talking about now? In the movie?
0: No, in the PDPedia file. Like, okay, you that wish is they would it, have
1: skipped it in the PDPedia file.
0: Well, yeah, like don't have a thing where you're show. talking about the rape that happened. That was just like now that we're in this day and age, that is. Something we shouldn't, you know what I mean? Like, just
1: don't. Why you, why you bringing that up, man? Well, because I think the reason is what I've been really enjoying about these things is in a very similar way that the back matter in Watchmen, the comic book works. This is commenting on a comment in a way. It's like putting a hat on a hat, kind of. And here we're again. This is how I read it, but I read it as it is PD. Commenting on watchmen, how it is treated in media as a comic book fan, the same way that we are responding as comic book fans to watchmen, so it is this very metatextual look at it. Uh, this is just my take on it. It could be totally wrong, that may not be what we meant, but but if that's you're why talk I talk about there.
0: that awful rape and the horrible depiction of women uh. At that time And you're going to have someone comment on that At least try to update it and be like That was fucked up or Jesus Uh, That's what he says though Do
1: you think that it's an awful depiction of women In the original? No it's not an awful depiction of women It's just uh, I, I think what we discussed is That it's lacking The original Watchmen If there is a fault that you can put on it And I'm sure there's plenty of faults you potentially could put on it But the biggest fault that I certainly picked out Is as opposed to a lot of the male characters, or all of the male characters, really, uh, Sally Jupiter and uh, Laurie Jupiter have just pix just picks, wicks, whatever. I, it is. I, they said it in one of the uh, pedias, how to pronounce it, and <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, but they're they're not quite as fleshed out. They're like seventy five percent instead of a hundred percent, you know. So, and that's fine, but. Again, I think a modern read of that sort of thing, as we live in a three decades down the road post-Watchmen world where people have figured out how to flesh out these characters more and deal with them more, uh, you can treat it a little differently. And I think that's OK. It doesn't knock down the comic in any way. Um, so I had I,
2: I got distracted because I was trying to look up how to pronounce her name. Um, <laughs> One thing that I thought was interesting about this is it pointed out something that it took me a number of reads of Watchmen to realize, which is that comedian is meant to be 16 in this scene. It, um, or is it he's 20 and... No, no, uh, he's 16. He's 16? Yeah. Because um, again, I remember when I finally figured it out reading the comic, I was like... Because I, I just actually sat down to like do the math and went, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, if he's this age in 1985, like, how old was he? Because this was a zillion years ago, and I thought, and it was 16, and they specifically say it in this, that he was 16. The thing is that the art makes him look like he's fucking 35. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't look like a teenager, which, again, that doesn't mean it excuses anything. It doesn't anything. It just changes, it, it changes the, the, the way it, it sits in my head.
1: Reads, yeah. chance yeah. the way it reads.
2: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, uh, but yeah, he was, he was uh, only 16.
1: Uh, well let's talk about the two other things which I think are a little more fun and again don't really all add right, a ton of oh go ahead sorry John. before
2: you do the one other thing about it is the, 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 all of these as you said like reviews that he's doing I will say they're funny and interesting but I don't feel like they read in the same voice that the character has on the show
0: right yeah
1: like uh, Great. i have it's a hard of time a pushover imagining over that in the guy. show
2: yeah 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 I have a real hard time imagining him writing these things.
1: The uh, most of these things, I'm really enjoying that they're putting them up, and I'm glad that they're putting them up. Uh, they're not. They're not the same level as the back matter for Watchmen, the comic book. Which one of the things that is mind boggling about the way that Alan Moore writes it, uh, and we did talk about this quite a bit on the podcast, but he. Nails every single different tone in a oh, yes. completely different voice, in yeah. in a way that I I cannot comprehend how he wrote that or he did that. Um, particularly because a lot of comic book writers frankly are very bad at writing news stories, where it oh. just it. Doesn't read like it at all Shots fired Yeah oh, Sorry Jordan uh, uh, No
2: It's That's 100% true uh, I mean again It's because they don't Study journalism mm-hmm. They don't they, they write an article That fits the story Rather than yeah. The way an article Would be written
1: right? Yes Exactly yeah. And This These are good The PDPD things are good They're fun I'm enjoying reading them But it's To your point They don't quite Hit the tone Across the board <laughs> Um, I think the nostalgia ad, which was the second uh, piece of information they put up, was the thing that I think was the most cohesive in terms of the tone of the thing. And this is talking about Lady True created this pill called Nostalgia, which we found out about in the last episode that contains... People's memories, specifically your memories uh, And it lays out all The side effects of it, of nausea And diarrhea, and death, liver Failure, and all of these other things uh, Talks about how You should take it sparingly uh, And it's clearly setting up that After she swallowed an entire Bottle of this, that's not going to Turn out very well for her Uh,
2: I I did not Because the show doesn't tell you that Lady True made it, Right um, um, no, no, I don't think so. It was just reading this that I went, oh! But she of did course, ask. Sure.
0: Well, she did ask. You know, was questioning Louis Gossett Jr. about the fact, like, why did you leave the pills? You know, mm-hmm. that's so true. She that's knew, true.
2: Yeah. So
1: she knew. Yeah. Yeah,
2: and 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 obviously there was that crazy sh- shit going on with her daughter, which yeah. now seems like, oh, is that related to
1: this? Mm-hmm. Um, There's certainly a theory that. Uh, the daughter, A, isn't a daughter at all, is a clone. And it certainly seems like she has her on that IV drip. And the daughter wakes up from a nightmare and is imagining Mm -hmm. something. So you can certainly extrapolate from there that maybe there is some sort of strain of nostalgia of memories from Lady True that potentially are being put into this girl that may or may not be a little Lady True. And nostalgia is also a a uh, uh,
2: uh, a name that already had a place in Watchmen. That was the name of uh, of uh, Yeah, Veidt's cosmetics mm-hmm. line at the beginning of the
1: comic book. Yeah, and she bought his company around right. the same time that he disappeared. And then this is uh, nostalgia was in two thousand. This this document is from two thousand seven, so it's definitely before Veidt disappeared. Before she bought the company. <coughs> So potentially the implication is maybe she bought the trademark or something like that. I'm not 100% <laughs> clear. Uh, and the last one also is a lot of fun. Uh, it's the pamphlet that we see Wade using in a support group, yeah. dimensional Anxiety and You from 2009. Uh, and again, this is, I felt, pretty straightforward. It's fun. You get to see them saying, yeah. here's some myths about uh, it's, EDA. It's really well put together, though. It really mm-hmm. represents
0: like a real pamphlet. I thought it was really fun. Yeah. Yeah, it looked uh, great.
1: It's cool. Uh, all right. Let's. Oh, you were going to say something, Jordan?
0: Oh, I was just going to say,
2: because I'm looking at PDPD PD as we talk. And I'm, again, I'm sorry that I'm sure you've already covered this, but I can't believe they have the fucking instruction or, d- diagram for the dildo. Oh, um, yeah. Like, <laughs> first of all, that was like the weirdest joke to like throw in the
0: show in general the fact yep. that
2: she had this fucking box with yep. Dr. Manhattan penis in it. Um, And
0: did the Pulp Fiction light, but it was the blue light.
2: (laughs) But also, the fact that – okay, one of the things I hate about the movie, among many other things, is that – I I, I like to insult it by saying it's the version of Watchmen that Dan Dryberg tells himself to make himself feel good about himself. Um, Oh, man. Because I think that Dan – Sucks, (laughs) sucks <laughs> and yeah. in a very interesting way but he sucks and the movie kind of goes but maybe he doesn't like maybe he's actually cool and he just needs to reawaken and i like the fact that this this uh, world kind of doesn't doesn't turn them into some kind of bullshit amazing glamour couple that it goes no he kind of sucks and he makes her a bitterness dildo
1: yes <laughs> It's crazy. The whole thing is crazy and great, uh, and they nailed it exactly the right way. Let's talk about the promo for Episode 6. Sure. Uh, this, is, this is a big one. Uh, this Extraordinary yeah. Being, this is the one that I, I, I think I could say all TV critics, uh, they sent out the first six for TV critics to watch, and this is the one that everybody was like, wait until Episode 6. Wait until you see Episode 6. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. And, wait, and
2: you've already seen it? You've
1: God yeah uh, I'm a jerk oh, Yeah uh, I have a
0: mad at him <laughs> yeah, yeah buddy I, Yeah
1: <laughs> I'm I Obviously I won't say Anything about the episode Other than Yes It is Pretty phenomenal And uh, Completely unlike Anything that we've seen On the show so far But Based on the promo What did you take away From it What images What were you curious about Well I
2: mean the merging of The two realities Looks fascinating Yeah Uh I mean, yeah. It just it looks, and the fact that they've got her like jumping back and forth between between him and herself. And, yeah, and the coloring and the black yeah. and white and all that looks really very interesting. What again? What what I like about that too is that it's ambitious in a way that Watchmen was. Right. Again, that it, it's going it. it One of the things that people who like the movie of Watchmen like about it, like to say about it is, oh, my God, it recreates exactly the comic book. And it's like, yeah, but that's a comic book. And (laughs) Mm -hmm. in a comic book form, it does stuff that's brilliant that in movie form is just sitting there. Who cares? Mm -hmm. Um, And this trailer, again, just by even by doing something as simple as going, well, the past is is black and white and like color bleeds into it in different weird ways and stuff. Like, again, that's playing with the medium in a way that Watchmen did. And I think that's really neat.
1: Yeah. I completely Um, agree.
0: I'm also excited just because of the fact that like, that was such a crazy ending that like, yeah. Oh my God, what is she going to do? And she just downs the bottle of pills and it's like, holy crap. Yeah, What's that going to be like? And instead of it being like next time her at the hospital, we get to go (laughs) on this like crazy emotional roller coaster about a guy she doesn't believe exists. And we kind of got a taste of his life in the beginning of the episode. Uh, I'm very excited about it.
2: So everybody seems to be 100 percent like every fan person I've heard talking about the show and kind of myself included seems to be 100 percent on board with. That's Hood of Justice
1: Is that Is that where we all are? I don't know uh, that. that Will is Hooded Justice? Yes That's certainly the theory that we've been Bouncing around on the podcast
2: Okay I mean it <laughs> is, seems to be true
1: Yeah it,
2: Again the only way that I don't think that's what they're doing is they would have to be like really 10 steps ahead of us going, oh, we're going to make you think that that's what's happening. And then we're going to like double trick you. But I think that must be what's happening.
1: Yeah. We'll certainly see next trick. episode, Jordan. We'll certainly see next episode. All right. uh, let's move on. To, uh, we just have a, a couple of questions from Twitter and from our Patreon slack here that we can get to. Um, most Mostly comments. To be honest, Uh, one of them from Mike Fairbanks on Twitter, he says, I just finished last night's episode. It was outstanding. So glad I talked to you guys, listened to some podcasts and read a lot online. I rewatched last week's episode and then last night's. Love it. I like seeing all the local places as well in the background. Fun. Uh, This is I guess he lives near where they've been shooting. And I've heard from a couple of people on Twitter, which I think is so neat, where they keep mentioning like, oh, yeah, oh, that's my street. Oh, that happened over there, which is very cool. Thank you, Mike, uh, for listening. You're awesome. Uh, And uh, one note that I'll say off this that I think also has been kind of fascinating is the amount this show has been driving people to research things from the Tulsa massacre in the first episode um, to we talked in the last bonus episode a bit about how uh, floored a lot of uh, Vietnamese people were by the treatment of Vietnam and the Vietnamese language in previous episodes. And I think that's very cool. It's, it's great that it's making people search out additional things beyond the show, because I think that doesn't happen a whole lot. Uh, let's move on. Uh, Rockdale Tiger says, so Senator Keene says their plan happens in a few days. Last week, Will said their plan happens in a few days. Are they all tied together or possibly mm. two concurrent plans that may be working against each other? Sounds like some thermodynamic miracle shit to me. Uh, so what do you think? Is uh, what's going on with the 7th Cavalry Lady True and Will, is that tied? Are they separate? What's going on there?
0: I just think there's like something happening that's like a pivotal thing that affects people. So like it just happens to be like that's the day for this their plans.
1: I mean, So you're it, saying unconnected?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean it's the same day, but it doesn't mean – yeah, yeah. It's exactly what I'm saying.
1: Oh, okay. I feel like so it's, it's like a, sorry, uh, no. this is important to bring up. So it's like a Mrs. I mean, Doubtfire situation, Pete. Exactly,
0: exactly. Where he exactly.
1: has two, uh, two restaurant dates at the same time, and he has to keep running back and forth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or it's like they're going to do it at the
0: parade that's happening, and that'll be the mm-hmm. perfect cover for both what they need. Okay, Sister night is and... Mrs.
1: Doubtfire? <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's the huge twist. We were wondering who Dr. Manhattan is, but the entire time we should be wondering who Mrs. (laughs) Doubtfire was. What do you think, Jordan? Is it happening at the same time? Are these the same plan? Are they different plans? What's your take on it? Well, I
2: I have a hard time imagining what they could all be working on together. That said, again, one of the things I like about the show is that it is uh, ahead of us and um, does have it. or at least seems to have a a solid plan. So I think it's entirely possible that they will pull something off. That said, the kind of easy answer would be that the cavalry is going to try to stage their plan uh, based on the opening of her. Well, I want to say clock, but it's not Mm -hmm. a clock, whatever it is. Um, So it's possible that both of their plans come to fruition at the same time because their plan is based on, them wanting to disrupt her, not her plan, but her opening.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, uh, Justin mentioned this when we were talking about this on the recap episode. I'm sorry, who? Um, I don't know. just some guy, just a friend of mine. Don't worry about okay, it. Cool. Uh, he, his theory was that they are separate plans, but that Lady's True's plan sort of encompasses the Seventh Cavalry's plan. So oh, they think they're kind of doing things on their own. But ultimately, whatever they're doing is a piece of this greater plan that she has, which makes sense to me given the the intelligence level of the different characters, you know?
2: But there's so many. The thing is that, like, the, the longer we talk about the show, there's, there's so many different things that, that we bring up or that i remember that i'm like oh yeah but we didn't explain that yet oh we didn't explain that yet like oh and that piece hasn't really been touched in a while um and so i do like there's so many ways that things could come together and i obviously very hopeful that it will come together well Mm -hmm. um i'm I'm excited i'm excited (laughs) by the show i can't
1: believe it but i'm so excited you went from being nervous to excited That's, that's really good uh, yeah. Two two quick last things. Uh, this is another one from Twitter. Daniel Cabral says only one thing to say: wham. And I agree. Careless Whisper was great in the last episode. <laughs> yeah. uh, All versions very, of it
2: was that I think that was Pompilamus doing it at one point.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were a couple. There were at least like three or four versions, something like that. Yeah, it's great. I love
2: Uh
1: And the last one. This is actually from Bandito on our Patreon Slack. Uh, we were speculating a little bit about. How Lori Blake just comes in and takes over the police department and how it works. Is there a deputy <laughs> yeah. chief of police? Where is he or her? What's going on? Uh, and Bandito says. As another professional cop, the next chief would come down uh, to chain of command to be the stand-in, followed by testing of applicants and copious buddy-fucking dudes love their titles. Also, any federal law enforcement department could take over a case depending if the charges reach that level. Big profile stuff equals they want to win because of money and the future possibility of more arrests. So there you go. That answers that question. Uh, there should be a chain of command, but ultimately federal law enforcement can come in and supersede that at any time. So mm-hmm. makes total sense what's going on there. Before we wrap up here, before we end the episode, Jordan, plug your stuff beyond Marvel Comics and X-Men, which is awesome right now. Oh, thank you. What, it's so good. Uh, what should people be checking out? Um. Well, I mean, yeah, that's that's
2: what I spend most of my time on, but I do uh do one other thing right now, which is I have a podcast called Sailor Business that I do with Chris Sims and we are uh reviewing every episode of the 1990s Sailor Moon anime. We are in the last season now. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that said, these are long they're all long seasons. They're like like 40 episode seasons or something <laughs> okay. like that. Holy shit. Um, but uh, but we're in the last season, and we're building towards crazy, crazy, crazy things in in what they call Sailor Stars. So if you're a Sailor Moon fa- fan, uh, there's. 100-something episodes out there that you could check out, uh, and I do recommend it at sailorbusiness.com.
1: We will be back with a regular recap episode after the episode on Sunday, followed by bonus episodes only in the Watchmen Watch feed on Thursday mornings. You can check us out on Twitter, Watchmen Watch 1. You can check it out Watchmen Watch Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8pm at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by. We will chat with you about Watchmen. You can Support us at patreon.com slash comic book club. Comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. Subscribe and comment. Please do comment. It helps us a lot. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice. And remember, we taped this podcast 35 minutes ago.